Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. The title of my message tonight is, Do You Place Your Faith in Human Philosophy or in the Power of God? Tammy, do you have a testimony? Can we do that first? Okay, come up here. Thank you, honey. You know, something unique happened um, a few weeks ago with Jeremy's dog, Blaze, right? Yeah. Blaze um, had a tumor in his ear that actually attached to the brain. And so, and it was a bloody tumor. And so, um, his daughter, Alexa, came one I guess it was, I don't know if it was a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, and she brought a prayer cloth. And she said, Pastor, would you agree with me that you lay hands on this prayer cloth and we'll pray together and I'll put it on Blaze's ear and God will heal the ear? I said, absolutely. That's a thing to my heart. Are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) And so we anointed it with oil, and I said, she said, what do I need to do? I said, just go home, put it right on his ear, and say, in the name of Jesus. She said, okay. So she went home, sat the dog down, said, now, Blaze, Pastor and I laid hands on this, and he said that if I put this on your ear, you're going to be healed. So, in the name of Jesus, she put that prayer cloth right on that dog's ear, and it was a protruding. Do we have a, do we have a copy of that? Do we have a picture of that? How many saw the picture on, on Facebook, okay, of the, the tumor? It was pretty gross. The Facebook thought it was so offensive that they had to block it out. But they'll show Antifa beating people up. Well, come on, hello, somebody. What's wrong with that picture? <laughs> you got Antifa beating people up, and then you show this little bloody tumor in a dog's ear, and like, my God, dog, I blocked that off. It's too graphic. <laughs> if we can bring that picture up. And so, I guess it was about, what, Jeremy, three weeks later, y'all didn't even notice or anything. And then when you went to check the ear, the tumor totally disappeared. And it was a pretty legit miracle. And of course, you know, in, in um, the book of Acts chapter 19, uh, about verse 6, it says that God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. The handkerchiefs were taken and laid on the sick. And so I made an announcement. If you know people that need healing and stuff like that, and I think we, last Sunday night we spent some time in prayer, and we had prayer and pizza night, which was really awesome. So if you missed last week, you missed free pizza and prayer. Praise God. Amen. So occasionally we do that. We, do, we just kind of like throw it. Oh, it's time for a prayer pizza night. Praise God. Amen. On a Sunday night and things like that. But before we did that, we prayed in the Holy Ghost, and we lined up some prayer cloths. And here is another testimony, which I have not heard. Okay. Um, first of all, I have to say, God is so good. He, he loves us so much in spite of us. Uh, um, so it, it was totally God last Sunday night when you called praise, prayer, and pizza. I mean, it was. Um, I guess it was on Friday. This Friday was a week ago, I guess, um, that it happened. Um, my cousin had a hemorrhagic stroke. He's 51 years old, or he was. Today is his birthday, so he gets to celebrate another birthday. Um, 51 years old. Um, he came from home from work, and his wife noticed um, that he didn't seem quite right. He didn't roll his truck window up, didn't bring his lunch, lunch bag in, didn't take his boots off at the door like he always did. 
And she had fixed dinner, and he grabbed his plate, and he went to the bathroom to eat his dinner. And she was like, I think something's wrong. So when she went into the bathroom to see him, he had drool coming down. So she called 911. Um, Anyway, long story short, he ended up in intensive care unit at St. Joe in Tampa. Um, Had a hemorrhagic bleed in the center of his brain, which is an area that is inoperable. They couldn't go in and stop the bleed. Also had two other blood clots. So he had already um, aspirated into his lungs his dinner. Um, So he was in very critical condition. So as Pastor always talks about, they place tubes everywhere they should not ever place tubes. Um, But God is a merciful God. Um, So... We prayed, all of us prayed, and anointed the prayer cloth. So on Monday evening after work, I went to see him. And I had a window of opportunity of five minutes. And when I say five minutes, it maybe was five minutes. Of where my aunt and I went in. Um, he was in such critical condition. He had 101 fever. And they were preparing to take him for another scan because he was not doing well at all. So I put the cloth on his head and my aunt and I, we joined hands and we prayed over him. And I prayed scripture over him. And she is a believer, so we came into agreement. And God miraculously touched him. And it's been a process. And I told her, I gave the cloth to my aunt. I said, every time you come up here, you put this on his head and you pray for him. And she's faithfully done that. And so now, I guess that was on Monday night. On Wednesday, they removed the um, breathing tube. And up until that point, he hadn't been able to speak. He couldn't speak that day. But yesterday... He kissed his wife, and he told his mama that he loved him, that he loved her. They took all the tubes out. He ate applesauce yesterday. So the doctor, I got to talk to the doctor, and he said the main thing is he has to be able to cough, to swallow, and protect his airway before they would take the tube out. So... The next day after we placed the cloth on his head and prayed, the next day I went back and I asked the nurse, I said, does he still have a fever? And he said, nope, fever's gone. No fever. I'm like, that was big. I'm like, that's my God. That's my God. So today they were preparing him to move him out of the ICU to a floor. And I don't know if he met that goal for today. And also they're preparing for him to do therapy. And I believe, and I spoke it over him at the time, the initial time that we prayed for him, that there would be no neurological deficits, that he would have all of his faculties, his ability to remember, as well as use all of his arms and legs and remember everything. So I'm standing and I'm believing for that. And each day we see a little bit more. And today he celebrates his 52nd birthday. Man, that's awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to grab some prayer cloths here. And, you know, we're going to keep running with this. Sometimes God will show you something to do, and you just run with it. Okay, so I'm going to put some prayer cloths up here. Praise God. Amen. We're going to anoint with oil here in a moment. And um, how many need a prayer cloth for somebody? Okay, great. So we're going to to anoint some prayer cloths up here. And um, 
take them. Let's, you know, I mean, let's just run with this. Can you say amen? Sometimes God will show you. What now? Yeah, let's show, let's show that picture. Okay, so you can see the up, upper up left corner. Raise it up. Okay. So you can see the dog's head is face down, and then the, that's the right ear in the left corner. And then, of course, there's the prayer cloth that likes to put on it. And then you can see to the bottom right corner, the, the tumor's totally gone. So isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Can you say amen? All right. So we're going to talk about tonight, what is your faith in? Is it in man's words of wisdom or is it in the power of God? So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you would, please. I'll read to you out of the Passion Translation. I'll read to you out of the Amplified Version. It says this, My brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty words of wisdom. For while I was with you, I determined to be consumed with one topic and one topic alone, and that was Jesus, the crucified Messiah. I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God, and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you that the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit, for God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but in trusting his almighty power. The Amplified says it like this, For I myself, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony or the evidence or the mystery of the secret of God concerning what he's done through Christ for the salvation of men. In lofty words of eloquence or human philosophy and wisdom. For I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, to be conscious of nothing among you except Jesus Christ the Messiah and Him crucified. And I was passed into a state of weakness and in fear and dread and great trembling after I had come among you. And my language and my message were not set forth with persuasive, enticing, plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, a proof by the Spirit of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of the hearers the most holy emotions thus persuading them. The King James Version says it like this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, then I come with excellency of speech or wisdom determining or declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. So there's two kinds, two sets of believers, two sets of churches in these last days. There are those that are proclaiming eloquence of speech and superior words of man's wisdom, but then those that are demonstrating the power of God, confirming the word of God with signs and wonders following. We know this to be true because in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15, it says this, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. But these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they drink anything deadly by accident, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And in verse 21 says this, And, and as they went, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders following. Now when you go to the book of Acts and you read the book of Acts, I believe that the book of Acts is the blueprint for the church today. It has not changed. And when you read the book of Acts from Acts chapter 1 all the way through Acts chapter 17, you will see some things that are really prevalent in the early church that God has not changed. One, you see unity. 
among the believers. They were all in one accord in one place and suddenly a sound from heaven as if a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house. Number two, there was power that was displayed. Not only of the 12 apostles, the original 12, but also the believers. We know that to be true because Stephen the deacon, who wasn't even in the five-fold ministry, the Bible said he did great signs and wonders among the people. So you have to understand that there's a battle going on within the body of Christ on how to build the church. Come on, hello somebody. And seemingly right now, people are settling for milk. They want eloquent speech. They want superior words of man's wisdom. They're great orators. They're great philosophers. They got great quotes that you can put on Facebook, but very little power. See, if we're not careful, if we take the supernatural out of the Bible, then the Bible will become like every other religious book in the world. It would be like the Book of Mormon, the Book of the Koran, or any other books from any other religion. Now, I heard one preacher say that there seems to be some good quotes in the Koran, good quotes in the Book of Mormon. And yeah, there's, there are some good quotes. There, there's some wisdom behind some of their quotes. Okay, come on, hello somebody. I mean, Proverbs is the wisdom book of the Bible. Come on, hello somebody. Great quotes, okay? But you can take the Bible, you can take the book of you know, the Koran, you can take the Book of Mormon and all the religious books, and you ask some people and they'll say this to you, well, there's really no difference between any of those books. But then you ask believers that know the book of Acts, they'll say there's one difference and one difference alone between all of those books. One is the truth because we have the power of God to back up what we preach. Can you right. say amen? Right. All those others are powerless. That's the difference. Now, I've been to the country of Nepal. Nepal's on the border of China and India. It's where Mount Everest is at. We did the very first miracle healing crusade in 2010 in Sirket, Nepal. Over 6,000 Buddhists and Hindus were in that meeting. On the night that I preached, I preached the powerful name of Jesus, and in that country, everybody sits down, even on the ground. So I'm preaching to 6,000 Buddhists and Hindus that are sitting on the ground, and as I'm preaching the powerful name of Jesus, a Hindu man or a Buddhist man, a Nepali, stands up, starts shouting at the top of his lungs, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. The crowd looks at this man and come to find out he had a stroke and he was on his left side and he stretched forth his hand and while I was preaching, Jesus healed him. See, it's the power of God in which we put our faith. That's the proof of what we preach is too. Every other religion is false. I don't, I don't care what people are saying today. There's more than one way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father but by me. There is no other way to heaven. There's only one way, and Jesus is the way. And thank God we have the word of God, and thank God we have the mighty Holy Spirit who is the power side of God. So we cannot put our faith in man's words of wisdom and eloquent speech. And the Bible does say that in the last days, people will heat to themselves teachers with itching ears to their own liking. Why is it? Why are people flocking to those that have eloquent speech and superior words of wisdom? Because they're making them feel good. It's okay, honey. You're fine just the way you are. It's okay, honey. You'll be all right. God's grace covers it all. Listen, God's grace is there to help us overcome sin, not to sin and be okay with it. Can you say amen? God's grace is there. It gives us the ability not to. Amen. Amen. 
And so we have to be very careful that in these last days that we don't even get caught up because the Bible does say that even it will deceive the elect, those that are very knowledgeable. It is true out there darkness is getting darker, but light is getting brighter. And there will come a time where people will have to choose because I believe there's a line being drawn in the sign. Who are you going to choose? Because you cannot live on milk and milk alone. It's okay. You can be a baby Christian. You can get milk and things like that. But there's got to be a point in time in your life that you begin to mature and take some of the weightier things of the Word. I mean, two-thirds of the gospel is reproving and rebuking. It's correcting our course. And I know this, that in the last days, every crooked path will be made straight. Because I know the crooked path maker. He's called the way maker. Can you say amen? And he'll make every crooked path straight. And he will right every wrong. And he'll correct every doctrine. Because he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the majesty on high. He is El Shaddai. He is the Lord God Almighty. The king of the universe. And he's only one. And his name is Jesus. Only one. So we should not put our trust and our faith. In eloquent speech. Unfortunately, in the United States of America, because we are entertainment driven. Very entertainment driven. I remember many years ago when Pastor Marie and I were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we saw Steve Hill. Steve Hill was the one who kind of catalyst, made a catalyst in Pensacola. Praise God at the Brownsville Assembly of God. And I remember that he started to do a tour across America to bring the fire of God, you know, to, to America. Praise God. And I remember he rented the Tulsa Convention Center, and we went expecting, and we, were, we sat up in the balcony and everything like that, and we were just, praise and worship was amazing, and he began to preach, and preached a, a, a phenomenal service. And all of a sudden, there were some people, a whole family that was late. And all of a sudden, when they came in, they sat on the same roll with us. They had a Coke in one hand and a popcorn bucket in another. Yes. <laughs> and they came and they sat down. And everybody's doing praise and worship. And they sat down as if they were sitting in a movie theater. <laughs> You done with your popcorn? I I like the kernels. Give me the kernels. Praise God. (laughs) It was almost like they were watching like, you know, this 3D, where they got these 3D big, whatever, big screen. What are they called? Those screen image, what is it? Yeah, IMAX. Yeah, they came to the IMAX theater to see the evangelists cast out devils while they're eating popcorn and sucking on a Coke. I thought to myself, pitch me, honey, where am I? Am I in a fantasy? Am I in the... Am I in the Matrix? No, 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 no. I thought to myself, what the heck is going on? Pinch me. Make sure I'm still here in reality. Praise God. Amen. What? What? You coming in with popcorn and a Coke? To sit down and watch the evangelists and people run to the altar and you're too busy sucking on a kernel? Well, look at there, Ethel. Everybody run to the altar. Why are they doing that for? <laughs> Don't get quiet on me now. You know it's true. You know it's true. Don't get quiet on me. Hallelujah. 
So that guy asked me this morning, he said, Pastor Jack, are you a meat and potatoes church or are you milk? I said, we meat potatoes, bro. <laughs> meat potatoes? We wean you off the bottle. <laughs> How long does it take? Just a few services? Praise God. <laughs> Just a few services. We're going to wean you off the bottle. <laughs> Get that pacifier out of your mouth. You're 12 years old. Praise God. <laughs> We're going to wean you. Praise God. Amen. We wean you or you leave us. Praise God. It's one or the other. That's just what it's going to be. You're going to be weaned. And we, need... <laughs> we ain't washing your diapers far too long. I'm going to tell you, stinky, stinky. Amen. It's true. We're going to preach the word, stick with the word, live the word, talk the word, act like we believe the word. Praise God. Amen. And we're going to go with the Holy Ghost. And there's going to come a pressure to change. And all of a sudden, you'll be confronted with the Word. You can be confronted with the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God. And suddenly, you're going to think, my God, I think I need to change. And if you yield to the change, your life will be so blessed. But if you refuse, it's a dangerous thing to walk up to light and then be rejected from it. It's dangerous. And it's getting more dangerous today. And it really is. Listen, if you've been in a place and you've been healed, that's your place. And usually what happens is people get offended. That's the reason why they move on. Wow, they get offended. Did you know that your point of offense is your point of failure? That's right, man. Your point of offense is your point of failure. It actually cuts you off from the anointing of God. That's right. Go to the book of Mark chapter 6 real quickly, if you would, please. What is your trust in? Is it trust in eloquence of speech or superior man's wisdom? Or is your... Faith in the power of God. Mark chapter 6. Dr. Jack, when did you write the sermon? Right now. Praise God. Amen. It's, coming from, it's coming from heaven. Praise God. Mark chapter 6 verse 1 says this. And he went out from thence and he came into his own country and disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judah, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were... They were... They were offended at him. They were offended at him. Watch. And they were offended at him. But Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor in his own country and is among his own kin and his own house. And he could there do no mighty work except he laid his hands on a few and healed them. The Bible says in the last days, many will be offended. Yesterday, Somebody gave me the digit on the road and even cussed me. I did cut them off three times in traffic, but it wasn't on purpose. I was trying to... I was trying to merge. I don't think people understand what merge is. No, if you tried to merge into another lane so that you don't have to do a loop-de-loop on the interstate, you merge, they think that you're cutting them off in traffic. Um, God forbid you just kind of slow down and be patient. 
So I, I merged three times, and sure enough, it was the same millennial. Praise God, aim. <laughs> Drove up beside us. Gave me the flagpole. Praise God. Amen. Right then and there. Gave me the flagpole. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm packing. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Hallelujah. Find the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. So she came by and gave the digit. And then she rolled down her window. Yeah. Pretty bold for a skinny millennial. She was skinny too, I'm going to tell you. So I rolled down my window and I said, I just want to say I'm sorry for cutting you off. Well, you did it three times. I left it at that. Apologized. And Pastor Marie goes, did you do that to provoke her or were you serious? I said, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm sorry. I said, I was just trying to merge over. Yeah, because they'll crowd you out. I mean, it's almost like if you're not careful, you'll be playing bumper cars at the park. <laughs> you know? And, and then if you've got a car that's got all these signal alarm things, they're, they're screaming at you at the time. Your left side, your right side, your rear. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> God help us. So the Bible says many will be offended in the last days. And you know what happens? Offense cuts the power of God off in your life. Amen. It's important you go where you've been touched. You go where you've been healed. I can't tell you out of 24 years of ministry, many people have been healed and touched. Hello. And they've, they've come and then they'll, they'll go. They'll leave. They'll move on or whatever. It's almost like the parable of the ten lepers. You know, as they went, they were healed. And only one came back to give thanks and gratitude. And the Bible does say that when he came back to the Lord Jesus, he was totally made whole. Leprosy is bad. I mean, you lose fingers and toes and nose and ears. So there's a big difference between being healed and then totally being made whole. What does that mean? It's like playing country music backwards. You get your dog back, your, your shotgun back, you get, your, you get your wife back, and you get your house back. and everything. Well, you know, if you make totally whole, you get your nose back, you get your ear back, you get your toes back, you get your fingers back. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So what are you putting your trust in? Are you putting in, in man's words of wisdom and lofty words of eloquence? It seems like people love that kind of... Why, why are they so drawn to that? Because their life is miserable. They're not living the Word. They don't know the Word, so they want to feel good. They want to feel good. That was the sound person's fault right there. I'm going to tell you right there. I'm blaming that one right there. That's it. Lexi did it. Praise God. Amen. You know, stop watching YouTube videos during the service. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> what? Am I that boring, Lexi? Okay. Praise God. All right. <sighs> it was really boring me right now. Let's... <laughs> Watching YouTube videos during the sermon. I mean, really? <laughs> She's like, no, Pastor, it was an accident. Okay, well, get off of YouTube. All right, praise God, amen. <laughs> People, <laughs> don't be offended, Lexi. I still love you. Praise God, amen. I'm just going calling you out and throwing you under the bus. Praise God, amen. In front of everybody, praise the Lord. All right. Now, many will be offended in these last days. <laughs> praise God, amen. And it cuts the power of God off in people's lives. 
I think God wants to bring us into spiritual maturity, like growing up spiritually. Amazing. That's an interesting concept in the body of Christ today, growing up spiritually. And I don't think the Lord really wants us to wear our feelings on our cuffs. Amen. We live in the greatest country in the world. We really do. We don't have the government breathing down our neck, trying to close us down and throw us into jail. Come on, hello somebody. We're not like the Chinese church or our brothers and sisters in in the Arab nations. Their lives are threatened. But do you know that they're the fastest growing? You know, isn't it interesting over in the United States of America, the fastest growing churches are the milk churches for now. For now. Mark my words, for now they may be. Because you actually knew what the Lord had told me. They said this, those that did not flow in the gifts, those that did not preach the pure word, will be sitting at the feet of those who stuck with the word and stuck with the spirit and stayed steady, rooted, and grounded. Come on, hello somebody. The, The buffet of what people like will come to an end. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. And they're going to they're gonna need it. because it's the, I mean, I've, I'm talking to people now. As, as I'm talking to you, I see this, this young man's face. Well, oh, I've been thinking about coming. I've been thinking about coming. My life spiritually, oh my gosh. What do you think about fasting? What do you think about this? I really enjoy you, Jack. I really enjoy you. I love listening to you. It's awesome. You're really helping me. I didn't know about fasting. So when are you coming? Well, I've been thinking about coming. Well, stop thinking about it and come on. Because you've been telling me for months now. Praise God. Amen. It's about time to pull the trigger. Get into the car, push the gas pedal, and come on. Amen. But what I'm trying to say, the point that I was trying to say with that, is that there is a hunger that's starting to develop in the hearts of people. People are getting hungry. They're getting desperate because what they're getting through the television or what they're getting in the milk churches, and I make milk churches because the pastor said he was the milk church. Okay, So I'm not slamming. I'm just quoting. Okay, I'm not criticizing, please. I'm not criticizing. I'm just quoting. The milk churches aren't meeting it. Excuse the pun. (laughs) Yeah. So our faith should be put in the power of God, which backs up what we preach. Like I said, we were in the country of Nepal preaching the gospel to 6,000 Buddhists and Hindus. As I'm preaching, the guy stands up, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Now you have to understand that when you convert to Christianity in a Buddhist or Hindu nation, your family will disinherit you, kick you out of your house, throw your stuff in the dirt street. You get excommunicated. They pay a heavy, heavy duty price. So why would a Buddhist or a Hindu, you have to understand that in the Hindu religion, they serve 10 gods. In the Buddhist religion, it's more than 33 million gods. Okay? So why? They don't have a problem with Jesus. They, they make him 33 million in one. Right? But what, con- what converts them? What changes their heart? What convinces them to do away with all their other gods to serve the one living God? Let me tell you what it is. One factor and one factor alone. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, demons come out of people. That's, that's what convinces them. In today's society, if we were to go to some of these churches and suddenly demons started manifesting and, you know, people sitting on a snake on the floor... It would clear the church out. Come on, hello, somebody. It's the true, the supernatural. We can't take the supernatural out of the Bible 
And suddenly it'll become a religion. You know, people choose, some people choose Christianity as their religion and they're not even born again. Do you know there are pastors and preachers that are preaching the gospel and not even born again? Wow. So we need to stick with the word and stick with the spirit of God. Are you, what are you putting your trust and your faith in? Is it in man's words of wisdom and eloquent speech? There's just some, for me, I just can't even listen. It's more of a motivational, good motivational speakers. Great. Are you a preacher or are you a performer? Come on, hello somebody. Even the Apostle Paul himself, even before the closing of his ministry, before he went home to be with heaven, he still had sorrow in his heart because of the condition of the churches. Come on, hello somebody. If, they only, if people only knew how good God is, how good Jesus is, like with Tammy, despite ourselves, if they only knew how wonderful He really is and how merciful He is, they would flock to Him like they did in the days of old. They flocked to Him. And it wouldn't be tickling ears either. Jesus didn't tickle anybody's ears. He was hard on the religious, but he was merciful to the people and loving to the people. And even though he was hard on the religious, he still loved them. Amen. Because God is love. Can you say amen? amen. So, your faith, according to the book of Corinthians, let's read it one more time. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Let me get back to 1 Corinthians. Should not trust man's words of wisdom, but in the power of Almighty God. And, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or, or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. Now let me, let me say some things to you and we'll close. Because I want to pray for some people here. A demonstration of the Spirit and of power may be something that you've never experienced or you've never seen before. When Moses was commissioned by God to go deliver Israel, they had not seen fire fall from heaven. Until it fell from heaven. They did not see locusts. Swarms of locusts overtake the entire land. Until Moses. They didn't see a river turn into blood. They didn't see a staff turn into a crocodile. Did you know that in the Bible. The Bible says that Moses threw down his staff. And it turned into a serpent. Isn't that correct? If you look at that word serpent. It actually means crocodile. In the Greek and Hebrew. Which makes sense because the Nile River runs right through Egypt. Isn't that true? So in other words, the wizards copycatted what was original. Oh, we could, turn, we, we, we could turn the river into blood too. Pharaoh, we could do it, we could do it. But when all the other plagues started happening, even the wizards said, this is the finger of God. We have to be very careful 
that we desire the real because we can have the real. Because the Bible does say not only will be those that will heap in themselves teachers that have itching ears, there'll be false prophets and false teachers that will do extraordinary signs and wonders to even deceive the elect. Now, in countries like Africa and some of these other countries, these things are happening. It has not yet really happened in the United States of America. Come on now. But the body of Christ is very famous for following fads. What's the next new thing that God's going to do? What's the next new message? In recent years, it's been the grace message. People flocking to these grace churches and preachers preaching on grace. I think in 24 years of ministry, I've only preached one message on grace, and it wasn't greasy either. No, I just want to stick with the book of Acts, stick with the Bible. I'm not looking for the next greatest thing. I think this is the greatest thing. Praise God. Amen. I think this never changes. Can you say amen? I'm just going to stick with the book. Please forgive me. I'm just going to stand on this. Hallelujah. Not going to deviate from it. Going to preach doctrine, property doctrine, line upon line, precept upon precept, and subject matter what you're talking about. Praise God. I'm going to make sure it makes sense. And if there's something that I don't make sense on, I'm not going to preach it until I have some revelation or understanding on it. Praise God. Just kind of leave that alone. I, I know nothing of the Nephilim except they were huge. Okay, that's all I know about the Nephilim. Okay, and they're in the Bible somewhere. Some of you look at the Nephilim. Who are you talking about? It's in the Bible. They were giants. That's what they were. When the Israelites came out of Egypt and they went over to go into the land of milk and hungry, they're like, oh my God, we're grasshoppers. We'll bite them on the neck. We're grasshoppers in their sight. Thank God for Caleb and Joshua. We're going to take them. Can you say amen? That was Joshua and Caleb, right? Or Joshua? Yeah, I think you got that right. So therefore, I'm not going to talk about the Nephilim. Praise God, I have no idea, you know, and all this stuff. I'm just going to, why can't we just stick with a simple gospel? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't that a great love scripture? It's also a thou shalt not perish scripture as well. And I'm going to run my race and I'm going to finish my course. And when I stumble and I fall, I'm going to make sure I fall forward. Because if a righteous man or woman falls seven times, they rise again. And that my momentum is moving forward. And I'm working my salvation out with fear and trembling. I, I, I long for the day. Even though I beat myself up when I make mistakes. I long for the day when God says, well done, thy good and faithful servant into thy arrest. You accomplish what you accomplished. Even with all of our imperfections, but lack of impurities. Somebody will put that on Facebook. Praise God. Amen. Lack of, lack of perfections, no, no impurities. Yeah, praise God. Come on, stand to your feet if you would. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. Let's just worship the Lord right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't ever lose the joy of the Lord. Don't ever lose that joy. Don't ever lose the anointing. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands. Let's just begin to worship God. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.